Welcome to the final episode of Pokémakers Season 1. I'm Professor Fierce. And I'm Professor Fierce. But if that's too confusing, you can call us... JD. And Alex. For some people, Pokémon are pets. Others use them for battles. We're here to create all new Pokémon. And a world for them to inhabit. Last time we talked about the teams you and I and many listeners would use in their playthroughs of Pokémon North and South. And today we're just going to do some final wrap-up discussion talking about the season. Final thoughts on Pokémon North and South and Ulcea. Yeah. But before we get into that, Alex... What? Breaking news! What? Again! <laughs> We've got our final breaking news dump for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet before release. We've actually got multiple pieces of news to talk about, though, because everything's happening, I guess, now. Ah. <laughs> We've discovered a new Pokemon joining Meltan in being first teased in Pokemon Go is mm. Gimme Ghoul. It first appeared spawning behind trainers, I think, after a community day event. We just saw this little grey figure that kind of looked like a doll, like a voodoo doll kind of shape mm. almost for the body. I thought it was going to be a bug type at first with those bug eyes. The antenna that turned out to be dowsing rods. Yeah. Which is really fun. Because we still haven't seen any new bug types. No. No bugs in Paldea. <laughs> Spain, well known for having zero bugs. This is my my Scarlet Violet prediction. We've seen older bugs. We just haven't no, seen any No, they're not ones. allowed. They're variants. They're not bug type anymore. Oh, well, I guess I'll go and call Combi and tell her that it's not allowed in no, Paldea. No, not Combi. <laughs> I like Combi. <laughs> What we know about Gimme Ghoul is that it seems to be some sort of coin-collecting sprite or spirit or something and can possess people to make it bring them coins. My theory is that it is going to be something very similar to the Koroks in Breath of the Wild specifically. Mm. Pokemon has a number of those little collectible quests in various games. Yeah, they started becoming a big thing in Sun and Moon was the first one really with the Zygarde with the, cells. Yeah, the Zygarde. And, and then you've got the Spiritomb spirits. The Wisps. Yeah. In Pokemon Legends Arceus. But the, the 999 gold coins, that being the same number of Koroks in Breath of the Wild, yeah. feels very much like it's going to be a little bit more in that kind of vein. You just kind of find them various places. Mm. I kind of hope it's not that because, oh boy, if that's the case. You know who else really hopes it's not that? Joe Merrick. <laughs> what we know for certain is that it has two forms, a roaming form and a chest form, and the roaming form apparently has never been caught in Paldea. So my thought is that you'll be able to catch the chest form in Scars and Violet, and you'll be able to catch the roaming form in Pokemon Go, and if you want them in the other way around, you've got to exchange between them. I like it. I think it's I think it's delightful. Mm. What else did we hear about? Well, just a bunch of details that were dropped alongside a trailer. Another thing Pokemon has done on the Switch in particular is have little in-game bonuses for if you've got save files for other Pokemon games. Most of those have been just straight up, it gives you a Pokemon. Like, it gives you Gigantamax Pikachu or Gigantamax Eevee for having Let's yeah. Go. But what we know right now is you're going to be able to unlock different cases for your Rotom phone <laughs> depending on what save data you've got. There are other little bits of pieces as well, like the confirmation there'll be Terror Raid Battle events, just like there were Dynamax Raid events in sure, yeah. uh, Sword and Shield. And the first one is going to be able to get a Dragon-type Charizard, because of course it will. <laughs> but also there's a Scarlet Journal and a Violet Journal that yeah. seem to have secrets and things in. And what seems to be the confirmation of something that I think has been rumoured for a while of past forms and future forms for certain Pokemon. As we saw what appears to be forms of Donphan. They've been given code names of Great Tusk and Iron Treads. And, you know, Elephant that when it does the whole rollout thing. Yeah. So Great Tusk seems to be a past form of Donphan for Pokemon Scarlet. Well, kind of a more natural looking elephant, apart from the fact that it's got pointy ears. Not like a 
woolly mammoth, maybe? Maybe, but I guess it's a little woolly. And then iron treads, which honestly looks weird to me. <laughs> yeah. It's got a robot face underneath a trunk that is, I guess, the tread. Yeah, it's like a robot yep. elephant thing. Which, like, you know, falls in line with Coridon and Miraidon. Mm, yeah. Yeah, this adds up. Yeah. But that's all there really is to say about Scarlet and Violet for the time being. Yeah. So, talk to us when the games are out. I mean, no spoilers, obviously, because you don't know how far along we are, but we're going to be playing them pretty hard when we can. So, Alex, we've completed Pokemon North and South. Mm -hmm. We have completed the Ulsea region. We've traveled across the land, searching far and wide. We made a whole game. Yeah. A whole theoretical game. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of very tiny details that we didn't talk about, but that's just because that kind of nuance isn't as interesting to listen to, I don't think. But if you think we've missed something that you thought we should have talked about, then obviously let us know. Yeah. So we uh, can incorporate that into season two. Please do. And maybe in some capacity we'll end up revisiting Ulsea one day. Pokemon games have remakes. Yeah. I don't think I'm ever going to be able to fully let Alcia go from my heart now. Oh no, like... absolutely not. I live here. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about some of our favorite things from the project mm -hmm. as a whole. First off the bat, all 100 and something Pokemon, just the new Pokemon. We're not talking about regional forms or any of that. Which is your favorite new Pokemon that we've made? Ooh. <laughs> this is going to sound so weird coming from my mouth. I'm not a legendary person. Like, I don't care about legendary Pokemon. Hold on. I think you're legendary. Okay. Uh... <laughs> I never care about legendary Pokemon mm -hmm. in games ever. That said, I think my favorite Pokemon that we made is Spookoom. Hold on, mm -hmm. Alex. Are you telling me that you, a native Oregonian, have your favorite Pokemon be the Bigfoot one? Me, known Bigfoot enthusiast. <laughs> I really love it for like a lot of reasons. It mm -hmm. feels so specific to this location. Mm -hmm. It feels so connected to home. I have such a soft spot in my heart for Bigfoot for that kind of thing. Yeah. Part of it is just that attachment. But then also I really love all of the little things. We made the trees in the forest purple and we didn't even think about that at the time. Nope. But like it blends in perfectly yeah. and it just meshes and it's beautiful. I think cryptids are an incredible source for legendary Pokemon? Like, like, aren't they the same thing? In the realm of Pokemon, it's like, yeah, there's this Pokemon, but does it really exist? Or is mm -hmm. it just like a legend? You know, yeah. like, Bigfoot fits into that so nicely. <laughs> and it just makes my heart happy. I also enjoy it because it's not a big, bombastic, world-controlling legendary yeah. Pokemon. It's, and... it's legendary insofar as it hides from people and it's mysterious and elusive. Yeah. Not, because not because it is the creator of all Pokemon. Yeah, it's not legendary because it's powerful it's legendary because it is mysterious well it is powerful yeah i mean that too but, but that's it's, not why it's, it's it's powerful in that it's strong not in like creator deity yeah what was your favorite pokemon that we made it's got to be slamming for me the whole culmination of everything like there's a reason i had to make sure it got on my team i couldn't fit sunflower in even though i really wanted to slamming had to be there because the art is just stunning it is gorgeous and is a gorgeous design and concept and execution of that concept. Taking that Native American art style and rendering it as a living creature is so cool. The mechanical identity of it, the whole transforming from taking damage into an upstream salmon that's about to die and then it's a char-grilled <laughs> cooked salmon to represent it being a fire type. Yeah. Also, water-fire is a cool combination. Water-fire is very and cool. I'm like you in that I'm not particularly attached to legendary Pokemon and I don't tend to use them or mythical, so I haven't used Volcanion, so I've never used a fire-water type. Yeah. And I want to. Yeah. 
also small fry. It's adorable. <laughs> they both have incredible names that are just delightful and fun and also pretty simple. Like, Gimme Ghoul has helped me realize, yet again, as we talked about a few times, we really did go so much harder than necessary on some of our names. And I don't regret those names at all. There are cool names. Yeah. But, like, we overthink. Yeah. Most we really of them. <laughs> didn't need to go through for our stalagmites and stalactites and be like, let's give each of them a name that draws on a different type of fear of the dark from the Greek <laughs> etymology. <laughs> but they're cool. Yeah. But we didn't need to. Cavernicto could have just been called Rock Cavern and it would have been fine. <laughs> Yep. My point with that, though, is just that Small Fry and Slammon are both very simple names. Yes. Small Fry is just Small Fry, a salmon thing, but it's small, which is adorable, and we did that before Smoliv was revealed. Also, the small, the S-M-O, was for smolt. Smolt. Yeah, yeah, it's a great pun on multiple things, again. Yeah. Slammon is a very simple pun. It's just a salmon that slams. And it doesn't, <laughs> it's not particularly a big slamming kind of deal, but also, it's just a fun, cool name as well. It just slams, man. Yeah. It's a slamming salmon. Spending all day <laughs> Jamming. <laughs> and I think that one was another one that was very popular among listeners as well. That showed up on quite a few teams, mm, I think. Yeah, and I think I think the fire water typing that's part of was it. Was a big part of that because it's very yeah. it's very unique. On the flip side of that, again, mm. still just talking about Pokemon that we made whole yeah. cloth. What is one that was a little bit disappointing that didn't come out as good as you wanted it to? Yeah, something to work on for the future. I want to talk about Cobwing because mm. Tumbug and Podweb are really cool. Yeah, they're really delightful concepts. Simple, but in just a fun way. Tumbug is a very simple, almost soot sprite-like bug yeah. that acts as a tumbleweed rolling yeah. around, which is delightful. There's not a tumbleweed Pokemon, and we didn't make one because it's not quite right for us, but for areas like our ghost town, yeah, you want something in that role, they'd just be rolling and it's around. perfect there, just rolling around. And Podweb even more so, a very unique cocoon Pokemon. Yeah, Podweb I quite like. Yeah, And then there's Cobwing, and Cobwing, it's boring. It's generic yeah. and pretty bland. Yeah, It's just a basic bug and it's the end of a line where the other two stages are really fun and interesting. Yeah. I think as a result they don't stand out. A lot of things have said about like a middle stage problem in Pokemon where a lot of middle stages feel unnecessary or kind of bland and less interesting. But in this one it's the final well, stage. Well, the middle stage should be the least interesting because the first stage is the cutesy friend one mm. and then the final stage is the one you're going to use the most and have for the longest and stick with. Yeah. So the middle stage is being an awkward teenager it's fine. Yeah. But this after you've had these two fun early stages you're left with this just basic bug that flies around and, yeah and we were just too, we liked we liked the uh, the smaller yeah stages. and we're like well we need to have a bug what's a bug we could do oh uh, let's do a crane fly daddy long legs type bug yeah which i still think could be a very good concept absolutely but we didn't do enough with it yeah what's something that you would do differently if you went back and did it now again this is primarily just based on some of the art that i did mm. <laughs> because i think the concept for this one was pretty good mm. i just really hated how the art came out and i think that that in my head made it so that it wasn't as good as the concept could have been. Mm. And that's Orcrook, which a lot of people had on their teams, which yeah. really surprised me because I do not like that art. I didn't do it in a very Pokemon-y art style. Like, it just doesn't read mm. Yeah, I guess if, you, if well. you're going to do a more experimental concept, those are the ones that you want to match the art style more. Yeah. Whereas if you're going to do something that's a bit more of a traditional idea, those ones can have a bit more of a distinct style. Yeah. And again, that's something that I sort of learned as we went through it. I'm talking a lot about art, but yeah, well, I did a lot of art for this show. Oh yeah, but that is 
going to be my next question though. Setting aside art entirely and just focusing on the podcast itself and how things were talked about on the podcast, is there another Pokemon that you think there's something about it you wish we could do differently or you would change now if we were to redo that or to go back? Just Strike? The Just Strike line? Really? Yeah. Well, I know that it was never really your thing. I was the one who wanted the superhero Pokemon, but... And I like the idea of the superhero Pokemon. Mm. I, I really do. I think that that concept turned out really well. And in fact, I like Kicked and I like Just Strike. Yeah? It's just the middle stage. Oh, uh, what? I don't think it fits. And I know that was kind of the point, but like, I just, I don't, I don't like it. And I understand like, this is a personal preference. Yeah. This is largely just, I think it's over complex. I think it's unnecessary. <laughs> Restricting me to not talking about art that I made that <laughs> I don't like, it makes it very, very hard because on paper, mm. all of these Pokemon I think are great. Yeah, I mean, the fact is... I we, really love them. <laughs> we made the Pokemon. By and large, we did that because we thought these would be worthwhile and interesting additions, or at least feels a particular important role in Pokemon. Yeah. Even the ones that are lame ones, I'm like, yeah, but that's what they're supposed to be. Yeah. Let's talk about some of the non-Pokemon aspects. What is either an episode entirely or just an overall concept that you're really pleased with how it's come across? I actually really love the Cryptic Fields concept. Yeah? It's hard to explain. It's not something that seems obvious. Mm. When I think about a Pokemon game, it's not the kind of thing that comes to mind is that, that sort of mechanic. It was one of the last ideas I had as well, like as yeah. a whole new thing. Well, it came together so nicely. Mm. And then being able to put Pokemon in those locations specifically for plot reasons and stuff, I really like how that came together. Mm. How about you? I'm really pleased with the elemental shards. Mm. And I think we got in close with Terrastalizing, which has a lot of similarities to it. I think it's a really fun one-off battle mechanic. Yeah. And I really as well enjoyed the way the elemental shards are incorporated as functioning like the Zed crystals did in yeah. Pokemon Sun and Moon. Yeah. And the way they unlock different field abilities, I think is really... Those because, really it really tied a lot of things together. Yeah. And the field abilities, again, I mean, we said it a bunch, we enjoy those overworld puzzles, but we Absolutely. want a variety and we want them to not be... Annoying. Yeah. <laughs> no given puzzle becomes necessary. You can take alternate paths, building into the whole choice thing. And I'm just really pleased with how that all came out. It feels like a very fun way to explore the world. Mm. And the fact that you can get them in a different order between the games. That is also something that I ended up being very, very pleased with. Yeah. How frequently the theme of choice came up. I feel like it started off as kind of like a pretty subtle thing that we yeah. were like, yeah, like maybe this is something that we'll play with. Well, it was and like it the just... idea of like, you've got the two games you're choosing between. Yeah. So that's the starting yeah. point. And that was kind of like, maybe that'll, I think early on, that'll probably be the majority of it. But it mm. just, it was a theme that kept coming back. It just wove itself in so naturally and organically. Yeah. And it just, it just became part of everything yeah. in like such an organic way. And it was so good. Going into season two, that's going to be a big push is to try and find something that feels as fitting and organic to go into yeah. that as well. It's going to be hard to not try to force something because that's what I loved about this as like sort yeah. of our ongoing themes. It wasn't forced. It came about very naturally. Mm -hmm. And I'm a little bit worried moving on to season two that we're going to try to recreate some of those things that just happen naturally. Mm. And I'm going to have to try to fight that urge. I'm going to detour here a little bit to build off of that and talk about how something that I've learned, this is a big thing to say because I think it was overall quite successful. But one thing I've learned is I think we were too ambitious for this. <laughs> 
this is our first season we could have just started from the ground up and built up to something bigger later if i were to start over and go from the beginning i probably wouldn't do the two different ends of the region starting points thing mm. again i would probably do a more traditional pokemon game as our first one sure and i'm glad we did this i love how it turned out and it was amazing in so many ways as i just talked about with the elemental shards opening yeah. up different paths yeah. depending on the audio unlock them but it was intense and it made a lot of work <laughs> in a lot of different ways and a lot of different paired things like the gym leader teams for instance yeah. were a lot harder to balance because yeah. of that and a lot more things felt like they needed to be paired as well as a result yeah. but and also it lent itself to very unique challenges that, yeah like, oh for sure instead of comparing it too closely to games that already exist yeah. it sort of allowed me to sort of step back and be like this is a different thing yeah we have a different system mm-hmm. we're allowed to do things a little bit differently I feel like for me that was very freeing yeah but I get where you're coming from it was a massive undertaking and I love where it led us <laughs> and everything that came out of it but but also how do we top that <laughs> But also just, I wouldn't advise doing that again. Essentially. That's fair. Like, not as the first one. I would start smaller and build up to that. Yeah, that's that's fair. We talked about things we thought worked really well, though. And I do think the North and South difference did work out well in the end, mm-hmm. despite not wanting to do it again. Yeah. But what is an episode or a concept overall that you think didn't quite work or that you would do differently if you could go back and retry? Ooh, okay. So this is not necessarily an episode. It's not like a very specific thing. This is a pretty generalized concept. Mm-hmm. I think we should have planned out some of the bigger plot stuff such as the elemental shards Mm. way earlier than we did. What do you mean by that exactly? For example, our first guest that we had on Mm. Mike, shout out to Mike, you're the best, has this great concept for a gym. Yeah, he came in with like a fully formed idea basically. Yeah, and it was awesome. It was very good. And then we were like yeah, electric type gym, let's make this electric type gym. Mm. And then we didn't encourage him to make an electric type Pokemon. Yeah, we could have changed the Pokemon. The reason he didn't change it is because we already knew or at least I did. I forget how much we talked about it but that we, we were doing this type changing idea and we talked yeah. about it but we didn't have it solidified after. enough to have thought about how that would play into the bigger effects in retrospect we probably should have made him have an electric type pokemon yeah or made him have a steel type gym yeah that's like the one specific example but i feel like it came up a bunch especially in regards to having guests on where we'd have to be like that's cool we do have this thing that we're thinking about doing yeah but it's not on the show yet yeah and it's not really fleshed out all the way that yet. was partly a <laughs> limitation of exactly what we were doing and when we recorded that when I think only one episode had come out. Yeah. And that was a limitation of when we could record as well yeah, at the yeah, point. Yeah. We should have had at least one gym done with just the two of us before that. We should have essentially had either Nick or Sandra's gym done first and the other one done last to bookend it. I think that that would have really helped a yeah. lot. Yeah. And I think in season two we will make sure to do at least one gym before having guests on for them. That's I think that's a great idea. Yeah. We want to have examples we can point to of this is the kind of thing. Yeah, and I think that's essentially what I'm trying to get at, is yeah. we just sort of like rushed into this. We didn't really plan or think things through. We're just like, we're just gonna make it up as we go. Yeah. We knew that we're gonna have the elemental shards, so we were okay with people like Mike having Pokemon that didn't quite fit. And we knew that we were gonna have the entertainment venue thing, which is why Mike came forward with the coffee shop. And that diverged quite quickly. Gwen came on, and hers is not an entertainment venue, mm, but yeah. it, it became just, it functions elsewhere in society. Which it's some is, kind of business. Yeah, which is again, yeah. it's mimicking Unova doing that first. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Which, like, that oof, that was a beautiful thing. Yeah. I love that. All the nods to Unova. Yeah, another positive thing here that I'm just going to drop in right yeah. now is we really thought about the geographic location of where in the world this is based on and how that relates to pre-existing Pokemon World stuff. We tried to draw especially on Unova, Alola, and eventually even the Ore region, which we only dabbled in a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. But, like, especially when we're filling in the Pokedex, we're like, these Pokemon can actually be found in Ore. Let's put them here and say this is where they came from. Yeah. I think that's a really cute little touch. Yeah, I love, I love that. All of those little 
little touches. Yeah. I think we could try to be more open to changing and retconning things. We've done yeah. that a little bit, especially for ideas from the previous episode. We a couple times mentioned at the head of the next episode, like the Poke Dial has originally been called the Poke Compass, and we're like, Poke Dial became a better name for mm-hmm. it, so we changed that. Yeah. But longer term things, realizing this doesn't quite fit, maybe we should change that. That stuff's hard to go back on. Yeah. When it's, it's a, been so long established. Yeah. I think it would be easier to potentially build on something and add something more to it, but being more willing to retcon and change things, I think. Yeah. Being a bit more flexible. Potentially even scrap things entirely, which feels really bad because then it feels like well, we that, wasted that time. Yeah. But like, it's not. If it gets you to like a better outcome and yeah. a better concept and design in the end, it's totally worth going through different variations. I would love to know, especially about this, what listeners think. How would you feel if we took something we'd done previously and just said, scrap that entirely. That aspect of the game is no longer there. Say, the Astrolite Circus. We're like, wait, we've got a better concept for a villain team. Okay, the Astrolite Circus are no longer the villains, and maybe there's a small group there somewhere like that. Here are our new villain team. Which we kind of did with the early game Rodents. Mm, mm-hmm. Because yeah. originally we were like, okay, play some and no play and can fill that role, even though they're dark type first and no type second. And then later, like, no, we should have another one to do that, and that's where Zapika Yeah, came in. but that is a good question for the listeners. Is mm. that more interesting to see that overall change in that process mm-hmm. of things coming and going? Is that interesting and worth listening yeah. to? Or would you rather us just kind of keep building on what we've mm-hmm. done previously because that's easier to follow chronologically? Yeah. I get either, oh, yeah, either either version of that and we would love to hear your opinion. Because obviously when building an actual game, a lot of ideas get scrapped or changed drastically along yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah. And I think that is another thing that I think we could do better about. I think we hold ourselves to too high standards. Yeah. A lot of the time. Like, we are just two people in a bedroom kind of just <laughs> spouting ideas. Yeah. We're not a whole company spending years and years on a project. We yeah. did this in real time. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, this is more conceptual and for the sake of the fun of it. But also, it's now, we'll talk about this more at the end, but it feels so good to now have this complete project to look back on. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, please let us know what you think about that, especially. Yeah, I'd love feedback on that. What is something that you think, like an episode or a concept, mm-hmm. what is something that you think could have been better? <sighs> Man, that's a tough one. It is a hard question, which is why I was so vague about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> but no, well, I think you hit the nail on the head, really. It's just trying to be more prepared, trying to make sure before we have guests on, really, especially, make sure we know exactly what the main premises are for that whole field. Have an example episode, not just recorded, but ready for them to listen to as well. Yeah, because, I think that would be great for the guests as well. Yeah. Like, we didn't have anything to show our guests, the first few guests. The first we had. few, yeah. yeah. We were just kind of like, hello, we're going to do a thing. Let's see if it works or not. And so those first few guest episodes could have completely fallen apart. Yeah. Luckily, they were incredible. We had great guests. We had very good guests. Thank you guys. And fortunately for the time when Sam, Carmel, and John came on, as well as, say, Tanner and Mikey, they knew approximately what they were doing. In fact, Mikey's episode was based explicitly on the Cryptic Fields episode that he'd already yeah. listened to. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, having having things for guests to draw on I think is a big thing. And just how we interact with guests. And yeah, being, being more prepared to not override guests and overrule them and just say no we're not doing that but sometimes because we want them to feel like they can play in this space as well yeah. but also we have things we're doing and we have other ideas we and have ideas criteria we need to meet <laughs> and ideas behind the scenes that we haven't done yet yeah. that wouldn't have been on the show I mean little things like say you're suggesting an idea for Pokemon it's like we've actually got an idea for that kind of Pokemon that we haven't done yet yeah and that fits with what we need it to be yeah like ah sorry for instance I wish we'd pushed against Mike a bit and not had Doomatel draw inspiration from a tree mm. because 
because we did other tree Pokemon anyway, but we wanted to do a bunch of tree Pokemon and we felt like we could only do so many. Yeah. And Doomatel took one of those slots and Doomatel didn't need to be a tree or a bush. It could have been something very different. Yeah, that's fair. But I love trees. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I think it would be good to try and fit in more little bits. Things like, we did an episode on new Pokeballs and items, and yeah. Pokeballs especially, like, I, I love that. I think it would be good to try and fit in five minute segments more in episodes. Like, the first episode, we had three different segments. Over time, it just became, we'll do one main segment and one Pokemon, and that's an episode. Yeah. And that does work, but I think it'd be really fun to just have bite-sized chunks of things, and I think that can help to keep things fresh as well. I agree with that. And even things like Pokeballs and stuff, we can do, like, one Pokeball in an mm. episode, yeah. and then do a series of Pokeballs over several episodes. Yeah. We don't have to do that whole group at once. Yeah. What is an area of the map that you think worked out really well? Like, it could be a town, a route, mm. another kind of location. What's your favorite of those and why? Ooh. I mean... You can say the ghost town. It's the ghost town. <laughs> you can say the ghost town. I love the ghost town. But Clay okay. Valley. It is, yeah, I love Clay Valley. That was the first location we named yeah. after Red Beach and Oaksburg. Yeah. I love the ghost town, but also I really love the post-game desert. Yeah. Particularly because that is essentially the border into the Ore region. Yeah. There's a little settlement there where people talk about traveling to and from there in the Ore region. Yeah. And I think geographically where we would have put that. In, it's right on the border it of It is Arizona. like right on the border of Arizona. Oh, it's so good. Mm. And I really like that. Just that whole overall world building aspect yeah, of it. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? I'm going to say two. There's two I, aspects I said that I two. really like. I said two. Yeah. <laughs> One is a smaller one. I'm really pleased with Starland and just the post-game mm. battle facility based on Disneyland. I think that was a single episode where we just hashed that out. Yeah. I think it just fits perfectly. It plays into existing Pokemon concepts in a strong way. Yeah. It gives a whole flavor, cohesive feel to that area. Yeah. I just really like that. Yeah. The other would be the Tar Pits area. Ooh. Yeah. I just really love the way we brought about that flavor. A very unique kind of geographical area. Yeah. You really only find in this part of the world, so it had to be something. And tying that into the fossils, giving unique fossils that, like the classic rock type fossils, all share a type, but it's a new type and it does something very different with those. Exploring those by using the poison elemental shard, like just yeah. this poison themed area in just a, such a unique yeah. type of area. Yeah. What is a part of the map, though, Alex, that you don't think worked as well or you would want to change or do quite mm. differently? I don't that's I'm fair. actually pretty pleased with how the finalized map The no little area that you're like I wish this had gone differently Not that I can think of I do know It didn't seem like it was as important to you That both halves of the map Be equal in number of things Yeah Yeah more or less That felt like such an important thing to me Like I yeah. wanted you to be able to flip the map over And have the same number of experiences They don't have yes. to be the same experiences But I needed like the same yeah, I, I didn't want it to just be like a mirrored map or anything like no, that No yeah But like the, an equivalent yeah, the same number of towns, the same number of key spots, yeah. yeah. But also say, like, the Lavington Forest is the biggest area. Yeah. There isn't an area as big as that in the north, and I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, and it, do it just... doesn't have an equivalent for the same way. But there are other small areas to make up for that. There's nothing as big as that in the north, but there are other areas that are smaller, but more of those compared to in the south. How about you? What wasn't working on the map for you? I don't know if it's necessary that it didn't work with how we started the game and what we were going for and everything, because when we started this, Pokemon sort of 
and Shield were the latest Pokemon games, and there'd been some side games since then. We hadn't had Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl, we hadn't had Pokemon Legends Arceus, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet were a blip on the radar that hadn't been announced yet yeah. at all. But now seeing the direction that Legends Arceus has taken and going forward, even more so with Scarlet and Violet, I would want to completely redo how we've done Roots. Oh yeah. We've done Roots in a very classic traditional Pokemon style. Yeah. Because that's what we knew. Yeah. We talked about the areas being more open and having more branching paths. But we didn't go full open world. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to seeing the map in Scarlet and Violet to see how that's incorporated and yeah. are there roots at all? Are roots a thing or is it just this is like a section? Is it more like the wild area in Sword and Shield but the yeah. entire map? Yeah. I think it's probably more like that. In which case, yeah, roots are going to be no more if that's the yeah, case. Yeah, not so much roots as areas. areas. Yeah. But that really would have changed how we thought about the map, yeah. basically. That whole balancing thing wouldn't have been nearly as important. Or it would have just come together a bit more organically. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, okay, you've got the Lavington Forest as one big area, but then, like, there's just other open areas in the north. Mm -hmm. It's hard to say, I wish we'd done it more like they did in games that came out after we started. When we started talking about Roots more fully, Scarlet and Violet had at least been announced. We'd played Legends Arceus. Yeah. We could have gone more in that kind of direction. Yeah. I think it's more just, this is something to take forward, is a bit more daring in that regard. Yeah. It's it's so interesting to see where we've pushed the boat and where we were cautious. Compared to Terrestrialization, Elemental Shards go a bit further. Yeah. Compared to World Exploration, oh, I guess we didn't go as far. Despite our theme yeah, the, of choice. Yeah. The <laughs> Elemental Shards let you do more things, probably. But riding Coridon and Muridon, it looks like it's going to give you a lot of movement options. Yeah. Doing this over nearly two years, we've both learned and grown and changed a lot as people. And yeah. it's been phenomenal. I've recently re-listened to like a couple of the first episodes, getting ready to start <laughs> thinking about a new region and yeah. new ideas and stuff. One, I've gotten way better at editing. <laughs> I'm going to toot my own horn right now. That first episode, it's kind of clunky and patchy and just not the best. Because sure. at that point, I'd maybe edited like three episodes of Sorted. You were, yeah, you were just starting to edit because I was like, I can't edit both of these podcasts. I have now edited 40 episodes of this show. And you do great. I take great pride in the fact that yeah. this show, how many podcasts do you listen to where as time goes on, episodes just get a little bit longer and a little bit longer and a little yeah. bit longer. Yeah. This I show is 30 minutes. I love that. It goes down to 27 minutes at the shortest, 32 minutes longest. It's a five minute yeah. gap. Five minute leeway. I'm proud of you Very for that. pleased with that. That's incredible. After 40 episodes, after a full season, you have learned so much about Pokemon. <laughs> Which you'd hope, really. Yeah. But you, like, from our conversations, you've just picked up on little things here and there and just added to that and been able to develop it more and more. Things you wouldn't have known about before. Those early episodes, you were really struggling with what to talk about a lot of the time. And like we said at the beginning, you were our local geography expert. I was the Pokemon expert. Over yeah. time, we've built that really well, which is going to be great going into season two, <laughs> where we don't have the local knowledge because we're not doing an England region. They already did that one. So we're not going to have an area that either of us has lived in our entire lives. Yeah, so we'll have to do a bit more research on things. We'll definitely have to do more research. Yeah. We'll both have to provide that local knowledge. You're going to be able to provide more Pokemon context and knowledge. Yeah. And uh, we're just going to be more balanced in that regard. It's phenomenal to see what we have learned and how far we've come from yeah. those early episodes. I have a much better understanding of abilities. <laughs> a thing that I never even thought about before yeah. this. You maybe like took note of like the ones that pop up in battle. Yeah. Kind like, of, to be Yeah, like... I knew like what Intimidate does. Yeah, that's one of the biggest ones. <laughs> I know what Levitate does. Yeah. Like, but most of them I just don't pay any attention yeah. to. Yeah, a few final thoughts here. Earlier this year, we ended Sorted. We did. And this has got a similar but not the same kind of finality as that. Like, we had a bit of a discussion wrapping that up at the end of that final episode of Sorted. Mm. And we realised at that point, like, we were so proud of ourselves for having completed that project, the whole thing,
thing through to the end and, and what it meant and where it had been with us in our lives. Ending it on our own terms yeah. instead of letting it just sort of peter out. This is a little bit different because one, this always had to have a final point. Sort of never really had to have a final point. We mm-hmm. could have kept going with different media indefinitely. Yeah. This always had to come to a close because of the nature of what it is. We're making a solid product, essentially. Yeah. It's been with us for two years and now, again, we've got this finished final thing. We can look back at this. We can look back at Pokemon North and South and the Olsea region and everything we've made and it is a complete project. If someone wanted to make a ROM of this game, they could just take everything. We've provided basically everything you would need apart from little... The nitty gritty. Yeah. But the boring Dialogue stuff. here and there. And it's phenomenal. I love... I love Olsea. I love I love Pokemon North and South. I love a hundred new Pokemon that we made. Yay. And I just... I adore this. Me too. <laughs> So, that's the end of season one. Thank you for joining us on this journey. Hope you come back for season two. Speaking of season two, you can expect the first episode of Pokemaker season two on Saturday, the 7th of January. The first Saturday in January. We're taking December off for Christmas and just to rest and break and to play Pokemon Scarlet and Violet (laughs) so that we can come back to you fresh with new ideas. And then we're going to do it all again. But until then, thank you for listening to Pokemaker season one. And thank you to the Pocket Podcast Network for hosting us. You can find other cool shows on the network such as The TN Rio Show Cult Classics and Ghoul Tank. You can find us on Twitter at Pokemakers. You can also find us both individually. I'm at Codename JD and I'm at Pichu P-T-C-H-E-W and don't forget to check us out on the Pocket Podcast Network Community Discord. Link in the description below. And also we would love to hear your feedback on what you would like mm-hmm. to see in Season 2. Of course. What we could do better moving forward. You can send those to fiercepodcasts at gmail.com. Tweet them at us or share them with us on the Pocket Podcast Network Discord. Our theme music is, of course, by Mike Freitag. Thank you for the incredible music, Mike. You can find on Twitter at Admiral Amara. It's going to be so hard to let this music go. So one last time, Mike, please play us out. And until next time, gotta gotta make them all. Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket.